Have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances, like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, we operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, we, pri we try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com. Welcome to the Break It Down for Brackens podcast. This is Kevin Brackens on the mic. And my guest today is John Bacon Carter, one of everybody's favorite bros and bras. Today we are coming to you live from the COVID-19 studios in downtown Charlestown. We have moved the podcast studio to the outdoors. John and I are sitting seven and a half feet apart from each other. So we are practicing social distancing on my way back from Ortega's this morning, getting my curbside burrito. He even drove by and offered a ride in the bed of his truck. I wasn't allowed to ride in the cab of his truck, <laughs> but, um, we are practicing social distancing, but I do love doing this podcast. So I've set up in my backyard, uh, with a big table and we are recording. So you might hear birds, you might hear, dump trucks you might hear fire trucks uh but that's just part of the game now so i want to keep recording but today we're going to talk to john about running we're talking about his background talk about his experience in bros and bras um and then i have some fun surprising questions at the end for him oh my god which he's only been partially prepared for which is fun this is fun this right? is fun kevin all right so bacon Tell me about your background, just like everybody else. Where'd you come from? How'd you come up? Okay. Where well, are you now? Where are you going? Well, uh, <clears throat> born in New Jersey, raised in Virginia. Where farm in Jersey? Patterson. Okay. Yep. They got a train stop there. Oh, really? Don't they? I have no idea. Well, how young were you? I was very young. Oh, okay. Uh, ba basically, no. That I was I actually uh, moved to Farmville, Virginia, probably before I was four years old. Uh, actually raised in Farmville. Um, Tell me about Farmville. What's it like down there? These days, I would say it's a it's a lot bigger than it used to be. Um, the uh, then college is now a university, Longwood. Uh, my mom and dad uh, were born there, raised there, um, moved away to New Jersey, moved back to raise their kids. Why did they ever tell you why they moved to New Jersey from Farmville? It's well, a massive change. Well, a lot of my family would actually go north for work come back down south and actually put a house together or either someone actually just stay up there and ba basically move to where the work was was a uh, more like you know probably what, what year was this what year were you born old man oh 1966 okay long time ago so in other words in 1970 was when they moved back so they moved there before 1966 oh no 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 they actually we were down there with our grandparents for uh probably i would say maybe three to four years um, living with my grandparents. And then they moved down. They built a house. Um, my grandmother and grandfather uh, <clears throat> gave them about, I'd say, 28 acres that they could put a house on. 
So just for perspective, when you say they moved to New Jersey, mm -hmm. it was a drastically different New Jersey. And well, generally you move to New Jersey with uh, with family members who are already there. Right. So basically, yeah. So they moved up there, and my mother was actually living there with her uncle. My father was living there with his sister. Oddly enough, mother and sister, or the, the uncle was married to my father's sister. So therefore, they were living in the same house. And they grew up knowing each other all their lives. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. But they found themselves living in the same house, still being friends, and eventually married up there. Um, had three kids there. Moved down south. You have siblings? I have. Well, I had three sisters. I now have two sisters. Okay. I have one sister who passed about... I would say, I want to say it's been at least 10 years now she's been, she's passed. Older or younger sisters? Older, well, two older, one younger. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yep. I, I can't imagine a female bacon. <laughs> What's that even like? When's what? she going to come around? Oh, my little sister, you, you'll see her uh, quite frequently. Like she, this year I'm doing, uh, well, I had planned on doing three races with her this year or um, oh, that's awesome. within a year. I did a 5K with my sister and my brother-in-law back in December. Uh, I planned on doing the uh, Heart of Virginia Festival. I was going to do the 10K. My sister, my brother-in-law were probably going to do the 5K. And I had planned on doing the High Bridge Half Marathon, which sadly falls on the same day as uh, Freedom's Run. These in, in current history, it does. But... Um, Everything's up in the air now, so you never know what's going to happen. Right. Okay, so how many years did you spend in Farmville? Your whole youth? or uh, My whole youth. When I graduated from high school, I stayed there for about six months, but I already had plans to join the Navy. Why? Oh, because I had to get out of Dodge. I, did, I just had to, I had to do something different. Get and out of town. Everyone else went north and south, and I decided to join the Navy <clears> and see where I could go from there. And uh, what year was that? That was 1985. What were your job opportunities going into the Navy? And the Navy, the you position know, I was actually... Uh, like you take the test or whatever, and they're like, hey, these are the 20 jobs you're eligible for. Or is that how it worked back then? Yep. I could do just about anything that didn't require me to see colors because I still fail the color test. Really? I'm red, green, colorblind, as you can tell from the way I dress myself. What colors are you wearing right now? It's kind of green. That's what it says on the tag, Kevin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what color am I wearing? It's either an orange or a red, Kevin. But but, but you're red green colorblind. I'd say it's more red. Well, why? How can you tell? Well, so they, when you say you're red green, does that mean you can't see red or green, or you can only see red or green? I kind of fuzz out certain shades of red and green. If you t put some blues and red side by side, I'll get a purple line. Okay. Yeah, but basically, yeah. But there was one. There was. One time when I uh, I bought a truck, and um, I want to say it was my very first new truck. And my sisters were like, oh, nice truck. I said, yep, yep. And that's got that gray uh, that gray pinstriping on it. I said, no, John, that's aqua. Really? Like, okay. So, <laughs> so, yes, generally I have to have someone go with me or I have to really read the sticker on a large purchase before I buy it because I think the color is good. That's really, that's really funny. <laughs> so uh, what, what jobs were you uh... – did you want to do in the in the Navy? Well, I wanted to actually get into computer repair. In 85? Uh, yes. Wow. Well, I'd always 
enjoyed working with with computers, and I was in the the uh, computer club when I was in high school, uh, back in the days of the uh, TRS eighties and Commodore sixty fours, Commodore's one twenty eights, that kind of that kind of stuff. So okay. I, I was always I tore everything apart in the house. I tore apart all the radios. I tore apart all the televisions. Did you put them back together? Mostly. Right. I always had a few screws. My dad gave me a carburetor one time. Ah. I took every piece of it apart. And then he said, I put it back together. And I was like, nope. <laughs> I got none of that skill in me. No. I don't, I just, you know, when you're 10, you don't think of those things. Well, so how many years in the Navy? I did 20. Wow. And so you retired. Oh, yes. I'll start off as a data processor because back in those days it was punch cards and paper tape and big like uh might as well go ahead and call reel to reel but basically big uh magnetic tape uh storage so it, basically the the prehistoric time of, of computers and right um were these on ships or were you on yes land? yes i i've actually uh served on four ships which ones the okinawa the tarwa and the pelu and the baton what kind of ships are those all amphibious gator freighters what's that mean uh, basically, get Marines where they got to go so they can do what they got to do, and then you bring them home. Okay. But basically, uh, troop transport, um, they tend to, well, the LHAs and LHDs, they tend to lower into the water so you can go, so you can let like uh, amphibious craft out. Okay. So basically, uh, you storm the beach and you come back. That's pretty cool. Well, that was interesting. And then you're, the computers you were working on, so your computer repair for the most part. Is that hardware or just software or both? I've done a little bit of everything uh, over the, over the years because I started off doing um, basically data management, um, working the supply system. Uh, didn't start working in the information information management field probably until I would say the mid '90s, more or less. I actually started doing uh, more stuff that had to do with. I'd say Intel. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so you retired after 20 years, but that only takes us to 2006. Yes, it does. So there's a 14 years. What yes. Did, what did you do after the Navy? Well, after the Navy, I retired for one day. I uh, left now. Yes, one day of retirement, which okay. was actually January 1st of 2006. That was my only day off. And then what? And then I actually started doing uh, contracted IT work. Uh, for the government, so, and uh, I would say it's it's been good for me. It it, it basically um, I managed to find a location where I don't have to go downtown every day to D.C. because the commute just wears you out. Yeah. I did that for years. Okay. So then, due to how vague this conversation is becoming, <laughs> you have to assume that you you must be working with sensitive information, and I wouldn't even know what questions to ask beyond this about you professionally. Am I correct? Well, we should just move on. I would say in this well, in this day and age, I still do server work. I still do. Um, I touch on security every once in a while, but I'm not a security guy. Uh, I do uh, desk side support. I'm, I'm a customer cooler. I'm the person that they send in to sit down with the customer and, and walk them slowly through what they what their expectations are. I can I can appreciate that. Yep. All right, cool. So, what got you into fitness? Uh. I used to be fit years and years ago. I used to be fast years and years ago. I was never, I was never, an athlete, but I stayed active. Yeah. How do you run when you're on a ship? Around and around, Kevin. <laughs> around and around. 
Okay. You bob and you weave. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, but no, but well, on board ship you have hangar bays, you have basketball courts. Um, you, the ship does pull in the dock. You go out, but back in those days, I was more of a bike rider than I was a uh, a runner. I ran twice a year because the Navy made me. Oh, PT but, test, yeah. Mm-hmm, but still, I was fast. But I didn't warm up. I didn't cool down. I cramped up a lot. But I still did the same thing I do now, where I'm the person who would go out and run, finish my run, and go back, find my friends, and bring them with me. So, yeah, so you retired when you were like 38. I retired at about 40, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, I retired about 40. Okay. So I retired about 40. and. Uh, so, yeah, you were young the entire time you were in the military. Yes. But I also love to eat, Kevin, if you haven't noticed. Oh, yeah. So I was on what they refer to as the uh, the FEP program. Which oh, was the, I, I was, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, the fitness enhancement program. When I was in the Army, I was on the exact opposite. Ah. In basic... I weighed 127 pounds, mm-hmm. and they made me eat double desserts and like double helpings of like chili mac. Yeah, didn't do any good, but I was on the skinny boy program. They called it. I do love. No, no, I started there too. I started off light. I I was like you know 20 inch, uh, 28 inch waist, about maybe a uh, 125, 130 pounds max. Mm-hmm. And yeah, back in those days, yes, I did. Uh, I ate a lot of weight gainer. <laughs> and I and I ate a lot of chili mac. I love chili mac to this day. Right. That, that is that is. I might. Well, I was thinking about some beef yakisoba tonight, but it's probably gonna be. Yeah, I'm still sticking with beef yakisoba. What's beef yakisoba? Uh, kind of a noodle, mm, cabbagey, uh, little D- pasta in there. Delicious. Uh, make oh the good face, Kevin. Uh, I don't know, man. Trust me. I'm better, not. I'm not a cabbage dude. Be, better. Oh, cabbage is wonderful. Oh, Kevin. Okay. Well, we're all particular. Okay. But but basically, I got, I had the uh, if I was in port, I was uh, I was getting bigger. If I was out at sea, I'd lean up. Gotcha. So basically, you know, you, you kind of lean up for deployment. Are you leaning up right now during this uh, self-imposed quarantine, Marin? I'm not quite sure because I'm actually eating at home more. Isn't that awesome? And eating at home more, I'm, I'm managing my portions a little bit better. It's only been a week, but um, managing my portions, cooking my own food. Um, so it's hard. I it's hard feel. to believe how much we eat at takeout or in restaurants mm-hmm. per week. I've I've been stoked because I've been cooking and cooking and cooking, and I stocked up on some meats, and then I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dabbling with some recipes and sauces, and I'm actually um I'm really enjoying my meal prep, and uh, I'm making portion sizes that really for Jenny and I only account for two meals uh-huh. each. You know. But they're all protein dense, and they're way better than what we were eating. At uh, least what I was eating on the road. Yeah. But now that I'm stuck at home, it's like. So I don't know if I'm gonna be getting lighter, but I am going to be healthier for sure. I think I'm gonna get lighter because I'm doing that, and I know uh, Jack was a little uh, sad because I didn't come to the Thursday night run because I was already at home. So. And living in Berkeley County, it's easier to just run in Berkeley County and stay in Berkeley County than it is to start off in Berkeley, come over here, and go over there. Right. Normally what I do with uh, a lot of the runs that we do, like the Tuesday night and the Thursday night, and if I come through on Wednesday night, I'm actually stopping here in Charlestown or Ranson on my way from work to the house. Right. What's awesome about Bacon is he drives this awesome Tacoma, mm-hmm. and his back seat has a clothes rack that literally has clothing for any outing that he would be wanting to get into 
based on his travels. And, and he's, not, least, he's not afraid to tra- change right there yeah, in the it, back door either. Yeah, yeah. At least three <laughs> pair of shoes too, Kevin. Really? Always three pair of shoes. Awesome. So <clears throat> fitness from the Navy, after the Navy, did you stay fit? I fell apart. Yeah. I, I basically just put on somewhere in the neighborhood of about I retired weighing somewhere close to two eighteen. Okay. I went up to two forty five. Um how did it look on you? It did, felt did it, did very it, uncomfortable. It was just so you felt fat or I was about overweight? I would say obese. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was I simply um sat down one morning and reached to tie my shoe and had to pull my pant leg up, use my pant leg to pull my foot up to my knee so that I could actually tie my shoe. So we're, we're approaching a point where all my shoes were going to be slip-ons. Man. Yeah that's, yeah. that's a sign. I had a sign similar to that where <clears throat> back in October, because you, you can tell I've done a, mm-hmm. a transition. Oh, yeah. Uh, but back in October, I was on vacation with Jenny and I was laying on my left side and then I went to roll to my right side mm-hmm. and I felt my stomach actually move separate of my torso. Like it kind of flopped over when it was yeah. ready. And I was yeah. like, what is that? And then I realized I was getting like these things around my back near my kidneys or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was like back fat. Yes. Yes. That's back meat. But yeah. I got, and I think I still have a little bit of back meat, which is annoying. Yeah. Um, but you have these realizations, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, I got to, I got to make a change. It's either going to continue to get worse or stay bad, or mm-hmm. I can make a change now. Nutrition, oh, yeah. fitness. What did you do? Well I, well, I had to because um, on top of putting the weight on, at one point I had a slip and fall at work. Basically went up in the air and came down on my shoulder, tore two tendons in my left shoulder, two major tendons. So basically, I, of course got up and didn't realize initially that I hurt myself. Couldn't find my cell phone, so I was grumpy about that. I, I found that after the uh, after the thaw. I found that after the, <laughs> after, the, after all the snow melted, I found that phone. Right. Um, but uh, the odd part was I was actually making a phone call home, and I could actually hear myself, I could actually hear myself fall on the phone. On the voicemail? Uh, on the voicemail, I could hear myself. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but actually, uh, got up, dusted myself off, um... Went to grab breakfast, scratched my chin, said I should go ahead and take some uh, some aspirin from my shoulder when I get back to the office. Went to scratch my chin with my other arm and couldn't raise my arm. So, Wow. Um, there was uh, some surgery. There was some rehab. But I just – I think if I had kept myself in shape, I wouldn't have – I either would have had the balance not to fall or if I had fallen, I wouldn't have hurt myself as much. That's the worst. Yeah. What size uh, waist did you end up getting up to? I was up to about a 42 waist, and I was starting to stretch out my, my double X shirts Damn. in a bad way, a bad way. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's terrible. So what did you do to get back? Uh, to get back, uh, I actually started moving more. I actually uh, joined a gym. What but year was this approximately? That was, the slip and fall was actually in 2008. No, 2007. 2007, I had my slip and fall um, around... 2008, I actually started doing more stuff, but it was more walking, and um, then I was trying to also get my my then wife uh, into the gym more so we could both get fit. And I had a friend of mine who was also uh, a, a bit heavy. Mm-hmm. He and he and I actually served in um, Saudi Arabia years ago. Back then, we we were entirely different people. 
Right. Yeah, like, you know, so uh, we came to realize basically that we did have history before we met the second time. And uh, we started working out together. He had a gym in his basement, so we worked out. We did some walking outside. We did some other stuff trying to stay fit. But And that helped me shave some stuff off. I actually got myself back down to about the 228, 230 range. Went out and bought a brand new suit, nice Steve Harvey collection suit. Felt oh, pretty yeah, good about myself. Sure. Went to a family gathering and realized I was still too heavy because when people looked at <laughs> They had a. Um, they hadn't seen you in a while, kind of thing. Well, they had. They hadn't seen me in a while, but also what they had was they had a presentation. It was a uh, anniversary party for my parents, and they had a presentation with a slideshow, and uh, my cousins were looking at it and saying, "That's Johnny," because they looked there and they look back at you. Yeah, right. yeah ba- basically, uh, yeah, I was, I was, a bit, bit chunky. So. So addi- uh, additional wake up calls. Yeah, so I, so I doubled down, um, and that's when actually <clears throat> around that time, that's when I actually started. Um, getting outside, moving more, as opposed to doing more stuff in the gym, I actually got outside to kind of get myself a little more motivated. And uh, What were some of your breakthroughs in the early part there? And, the early- and another thing, do you find that do you find that it was easy to lose the first 10 pounds or was it hard? Well, the first 10 pounds is always easy. Okay. Because because that's just, that's basically, I would say, well, you, can't, you can't say it's always easy. I mean, you got to start, you oh, got to yeah. sweat. Oh yeah, got to challenge yourself. Well, I'll say it's gotten easier to lose the first ten pounds in, but uh, but yeah, I guess measurably it's easier. Uh-huh. Like you see the movement on the once the scale starts to move, you start to see it really move. Yeah, the, the first three weeks things move fairly easy, and then after that, that's when I would say the gains or the or the losses are, are a little more gapped out. Gotcha. Yeah, thing, things it, it takes a little bit more to meet that that next plateau because you, once you drop ten pounds, you're like, wait, man, if I drop ten pounds in this amount of time, I should be able to drop another ten pounds. That's what you think, right? Yeah. Or oh. if I double down, which doesn't work either. Working twice as hard. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Everybody says it's always about nutrition, and and I I believe that a lot, mm-hmm. but it's so hard uh, to get the quality of nutrition you need these days. I know it was a long time ago, but do you real do you feel like you focused on nutrition back then? I want to say I did focus on nutrition, not more so taking the uh, the fast food out, right? Taking out the um, candy, sugar is a biggie. Yeah, yeah. And for me, it's all the hardest time is always in the fall, because everybody wants to make something sweet. Everybody wants to like, basically they want to celebrate with food. Sure. And I love to celebrate with food. So my problem is I will celebrate with food every day. So if you let me, yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah. I'm in the same boat with you. Yep. But what I will do uh, when I'm really highly motivated. Normally, it's like a challenge that does it. Like I'll and this year, I I, I didn't take on any challenges. But normally, I will take on every challenge that they, that they have. If they have like a a, a Gold's Gym challenge or a drop ten pounds challenge, just do smoothies, do planks, do yeah, yeah. I'll just challenge. Let's do it. So I think there's a challenge happening right now. Oh really? I haven't been paying attention to it, oh. even though I started it. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to win it for sure. All um, right. I think it's a calorie challenge where we track it. Huh. And anyways, well, we have a lot of challenges. You know that currently. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So let's 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 jump forward. Let's let's talk about the last uh, five years fitness. We've been getting into them. Well, the last five years. Um, I would say the thing has been how far can I go okay. and how many days can, of course, last year the challenge was 
Hold uh, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. I want, I want to. Five years. I want to, I want to get that. I, I want to really bring the circle around to last year. So, so bef- let's say two years before you met Bros. Yeah. Okay. It was you and Angie, and Jr. Uh-huh. and Gold's Gym. What were you focused on? Classes or lifting or yoga? What was the deal? Uh, then my my biggie then was all the classes, and that's the one thing I do like about Gold's, which is now like they still have Gold's. Um, yeah. and also I'm. Uh, the one that I'm affiliated with actually switched to One Life, but for me, it's always the classes. The Les Mills classes were always good because I follow well with the instruction. Um, and also, what was your when, favorite class? I would say my favorite class is always going to be. I got to go yoga over body pump, but yeah. yeah, it goes yoga, body pump, then spin. No attack, no step. I've done attack. Um, step is great for runners, man. Step is great. I've even done Zuma. I've done, I've like when they when they have the March Madness. I would yes, yes, <laughs> it, yeah. And I'm back to like I'm, I like one four times. It, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all, Kevin. I get it, man. It is horrible. I get. It. But I'm in there. I'm sweating. I'm getting. And if you want a cardio burn, it will get you a cardio burn. And that's the thing you gotta do. You gotta get outside of your bubble. I've done about three minutes total of Zumba in my entire life, mm. and that's like in. 20 to 45 second spurts oh, like i get in there and i'm like uh-huh uh-huh nah, uh, nope nope bye i can't do it i couldn't i couldn't let go man i just get in the back of the class <laughs> and i and i keep my i keep my movements small so it's not to like you know bump into other people and i just try to like you know but if just like anything else if you do it enough you get the rhythm down you get the motion down and you basically don't bump into people that's it that's uh-huh. all i go in there not to do is not to bump into people so you didn't do any body attack I want to say I did body attack um, for about two months. Me and Jenny used to do uh, attack step back-to-back classes uh, Okay. when we were at Gold's. And right. that, that, that's part of how Jenny built this empire of fitness friends. She, huh? just, she knows so many people, and you know she's so cheery and happy and welcoming. And when she, once, she, once she really latched onto that over at the Gold's in Charlestown, man, she loved it. And then yeah. I would go in there and do the classes with her, but I'd always be in the back too because oh, yeah. I never took it too seriously. Well, there, there are classes where, I, where I'm in the back. Like uh, if I were to actually – I've been to Zumba in at least like three, maybe four years. I would actually go when they did the little Shamrock challenges um, or March Madness challenges. I would right. actually go in so I could get, basically get the punches into my card. Yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about those. Right? Either they do like a tic-tac-toe where you basically try to fill in all the squares for – yeah, the classes you took. Oh yeah, so so then so you did spin too. Oh well, spin I still do at least two to three mornings a week. Nice. Yeah. Well, I was doing until last week because of the gym shutdown. Oh, because of the thank you COVID nineteen. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So then, I, I hate to say that I don't remember when you first came to Bros of Raws, and I can only I can only say that I don't remember people's first days. Because the group is so massive. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and I know that as a group, we try to be welcoming and to greet new people. And we're lucky to have people like you and Jack mm-hmm. and the other leaders of the group. But what was your, um, I guess, first, so you heard about it from Angie right. and JR. Right. And those those two are on a journey. I'd love to have them on the podcast. Because oh, they're, they're, doing, they're doing an attempt where they run a half marathon in every state, right? That is what they're doing. They're doing a 50-state program. And where are they, uh, what, uh, numbers-wise? I've got to say they got to be at least a 20 by now. Yeah. I'm, ga- I'm gauging 20 because they will do things where they will – they tried to get me in last year to do um, – I think it was like five 
for them, it's going to be five half marathons in a week. For me, it was going to be um, five marathons in a week. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute, too. Yeah. Crazy, crazy goals. Yeah. All right. So you, you heard about the running group from them, and they had a running group at the at the One Life Flash Golds, right? What, uh-huh. was, what was that group like? Uh, it was a good little group. We'd meet up over at uh, Shepherdstown, and more or less, Jim was, I want to say, um, Bree was planning for the Baltimore Marathon. But uh, she's a hardcore little runner. She gets out there, the kind of person who, if she has an injury, hurts something, she just goes faster. She scares me with it. That's hardcore, yeah. Yeah. But she uh, was that an established group or just kind of a pickup run group? I it, want to say more of a pickup and run kind of group. Is it still yeah. something that's there, or it is not there anymore? Okay. But we meet over at Shepherd, um, at Shepherdstown, and uh, get on the canal cool. and, uh, and do that stretch there, either either headed upriver or downriver, and we generally do about five to seven miles. Back in those days, I started off actually doing a, a zero run in a Merrill's glove. On the canal, I was more of a toe runner, so basically I was running, looking like like a jackrabbit more times than not. So the style has adjusted since then. I've gone through many pair of running shoes since then. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, I think if as as we continue with our current like social distancing, I think at some point I'm going to end up taking all the shoes out of the house, put them in the driveway, and actually figuring out which shoes to keep and which yeah to actually let like, go of and donate inventory. I'm, yep. So what was your first outing with Bros, and what was that like? I want to say my very first one was um, it was welcoming, but I really was just kind of new to the area, as far as uh, just new to actually doing group um, running and being social with people outdoors for something like that, just to just to be outdoors and and <clears throat> and do the walking and the running. Had you been racing prior to that? I want to say I may have done a five k. The like I might have done the Miana Stewart. Right, okay. Which was a, a nice little race down in Inwood. Yeah, we had a decent group that would go to that every year. Mm-hmm. I think I think at that time that we were going to it, it paired up against a, a Ragnar. Yes, it so does. So a lot of times a big portion of us weren't there because we were at a Ragnar. Mm-hmm. What, um, so you would almost say you were kind of new to running when you came to Bros. I was very new to running. I would say my, my wow. very first 5K was actually in Saudi Arabia um, in Eskon Village. Okay. Um. Uh, and that was a turkey trot. I want to say that was back in 1998. 98, okay. Yeah, that was back in 98, I believe. I ran, I did a... Did you get a t-shirt for that? I did get a t-shirt. You still have it? It's it's a disgusting looking thin t-shirt, Kevin. Well, you got to keep that one. It's a trophy. All, all I know is I went out there and I ran. I chafed. I was very uncomfortable. It was very hot. <laughs> That's only a 5K, bro. Dude. <laughs> Dude, you chafed on a 5K? I chafed on a 5K. Brutal. Okay. I chafed on a, I, that was because I, I basically got there in September. And um, really, there was nothing to do in Escon Village but uh, ride bikes. Um, you, do, you did your shift. You go to the gym. Uh, you eat heavy. Uh, and that's about it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, I, I was roller skating on cobblestones. So you're... So Bros and Bras, I assume it was a Saturday morning run at Black Dog. Yes. Okay. And then did you? Who'd you? How, walk me down that path. Well, I would say I went out. I did the. Uh, the how three, many of us were there? Had to be at least twenty people. Oh, good. So had to be a, at least twenty. So it was like a springtime. It was. I would say it was. 
It felt more fallish. Okay. It felt more fallish, but came out, did, um, and then I'd only come out like maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, max. Um, and just kind of mingle, get to meet people a little bit. Um, but it was actually when my wife passed, I actually got into it more. And that was when did a, your wife pass? She passed in 2016. She passed in 16. And, um, that's when I actually started coming out and doing it more. 17, I came out and did the, uh, the run on New Year's Day. And, um, I want to say that was a hard run. That's a real hard run. Is that the one where Chuck passed away? Yeah. That oh was real God. hard. Yeah. That's... That was not a uh, that was not a good day at all. Oh no. We uh, I mean as a group we we rallied around each other, but yep. that was uh, a real unique experience. Yep, that that was a painful one. So your wife had passed away just prior to that. Yes. And 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 you weren't you weren't close enough with the group at that point to have us rally around you. No, no, it's not. Because at at that point now, granted, um, leading up to that, um. I started doing marathons in 2013. As a matter of fact, Angie and Jr. did my very first marathon with with me, which was the um, the Loudon. I'm trying to think which one it was. It's a group over in Loudon County. Um, Rest and Runners. Okay. Yeah, they they had their. I want to say it was their inaugural marathon that they had, which was basically doing two loops of a half marathon. And I'm not sure who cried more at the end of that, me or Angie, because <laughs> it was cold. It was March. It was uncomfortable. That's hardcore. We're both frozen. Twenty six miles. JR beat us both. And uh No. The one thing I the one thing I would not let Angie do was beat me that day. That was Jeez. <laughs> right. That was the one thing I wouldn't learn. But So so with so with bros though, where um how did you fall into the pack? Like how did you like you said, when you, when your wife passed away, you found yourself being more active with the group. Was that just to to uh, compensate getting out there, getting outside and I would say it was to get outside more and just to kind of running is where I socialize. Yeah. Aside from that, I would say I'm very much an introvert. Um, I'll say fitness is where I socialize because it's, it's now it's more than just running. I'll get out there and I'll do, haven't done a lot of bike races. I did like one rally, did one, um, which ride was it? Did one Casa ride around Berkeley County. Okay. Or actually around Jefferson County, did the one around Jefferson because they had a loop that was around Jefferson. It was 50 miles. And if you really wanted to push it, there was a loop that uh, went around Berkeley. Wow. So you could do them both in the same day. Jeez. Yes. About 100 miles then? You could do 100 miles in the day. And trust me, I, I did the 50 and that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a lot of Berkeley County that didn't know exist. Oh, I saw a lot of Jefferson County that didn't know exist. You know, there's um, there's something I've been tossing around in my head recently is that – uh. We have not had our first local funeral inside Bros and Bras yet. And it's mm. a huge group. Mm -hmm. It's a huge group. Like Jen's mother passed away, but that was in North Carolina or South Carolina or something mm -hmm. like that. So it's and the, and the club rallied around her. But I know that this group, as close as we are, it you never know when it's going to happen. Right. And it's going to be a it's going to be a real real tearjerker when that comes down the pike. Not to be morbid, but it's important to think about how, as as, as oh, leaders, yeah. you have oh, to yeah. think about how the group is going to handle. Well, with everything that happens in life, I try to stay really two steps ahead because I've just had so much crazy go on in my life in the, uh, I've seen the last 10, 15 years. 
uh, had the passing. And that's really what drove me more than anything else. Whenever I lose someone in the family, um, initially I lost my sister. That was a big kick to me because I, God just took her way too early. Okay. Um, so I say as I lost cousins, as I lost aunts, as I lost uncles, um, lost my father, that stuff just keeps, it just kind of pushes me and helps me appreciate life more. The fact that I'm still here, I got to do something. So you start to push your limits. So yeah. walk, walk me down that path with, with that sort of drive and motivation, that sort of energy. Uh -huh. Um, you're fulfilling the, uh, the holes, I guess, with endurance training. Mm -hmm. So from how we knew you, I didn't know you'd run marathons before bros and bras. Oh yes. Right. Yes. So when you come to our group, you're tuned up for what, a five to six mile run or were you even farther than that? I would say I could do, I was good for halves, but okay. they were sloppy gotcha. because, um, not enough stretching as you know, not, not, I'm not very mobile. I'm, I'm not very mobile runner. Right. I'm, I'm more engine than mobility. And, uh, there are things that would hurt. I, I, the shins would, would get sore after a certain, I just would accept it. Okay. If I'm going to do 10 miles today, about seven, things going to start stinging about nine. It's going to burn at 10. Well, it's you're done. Time to push through. Well, yeah. Had but, you been, had you been involved with two of treads prior to bros and bros? I want to say I had purchased one pair of shoes while they were still over in Shepherdtown. Right. Um, but not really. Well, I'd say not so much Tour of Her Treads, but Dr. Mark's clinics. Oh, sure. Okay. I'd, because there was a time that he would do a clinic. Who's that? Who's there? Chris Baker's here. It's Baker. What's up, everybody? What's up, up buddy? Baker? What's in the bag? <laughs> beer. Oh, my God. Baker's well, got beer. This podcast just shifted gears. <laughs> oh, my God. We're oh. social distancing. Yes, yes. See see how far apart we are? That's like 12 feet. Hi, guy. <laughs> How's it going? How are you? Jada. Um, all right, so you really hadn't gotten into the barefoot no. running thing yet. No, no, I had not. But basically, Dr. Mark, uh, he used to have clinics, I want to say almost weekly. He'd either do them over at, the, um, over at the hospital in Martinsburg, or he would do them at the, uh, the college, I, I believe. He'd do right, one yeah. or the other. Yeah. So I try to knock out one of those at least once every six months because I always learn something new every time I went. That's why I'm, I have at least three copies of the book because <sighs> I just have one that I mark up. It's, it's basically just a notebook that I just, it's dog-eared and, and then I have a copy that I loan out to people when they tell me they can't do something. Right. And then I have a copy that just kind of sits a spare. Cool. Yeah. But, well, all right. So assuming you're about to go down the barefoot running path. Mm -hmm. Tell me about some of the challenges you had prior, as you came up in the journey of Bros and Bros. I would say challenges that I've had, uh, number one, distance, just actually getting out there and doing the distance. Fueling is always an issue. Rest the night before. How did you, how'd you, how'd you solve some of these? I'm still working on it uh -huh. because I have good days and I have, good, I have bad days. I've had those days that are just awesome, just there's no, nothing can go wrong. Then I have days when everything goes wrong. Just like, uh, just when we went to Seneca, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Right. I got there and I felt very mobile. I felt good. I felt strong. Even though I've been fighting some plantar fasciitis, I still felt, yeah, I can get out there. But the goal in all honesty, 
was I kept Jack in front of me, and I wasn't going to do a mile more than Jack wanted to do because <laughs> that's why I ended up going back to do that race. And I wasn't going to go there and do the 32 miles, right. have Jack do the 28 and say he had to come back a third time. So I put Jack in front of me, and I would not pass Jack until he decided to take a, a pit stop. And when he decided to take a pit stop at the aid station, I said, well, you're not feeling that great. You better, you better get in front of him. By the time we got to the water crossing, one of the major water crossings, he was right behind me. He caught up to me because I had no mobility. I had no spring. Yeah. And you, you can do that on road. You can go out on road and not have spring. But if you're going to do trail, you got to have spring. That's true. And I had no spring. What are you doing right, Bacon? Things that are right that I do. Uh, more yoga. Okay. I'm trying to get yoga in every day. Uh, teleworking has made it, I'd say, it should be easier than teleworking. Because I, I could actually just sit in a pose on the floor with my laptop. Are you? No, I'm not. No, I know, right? You're out of, you're out of your routines. I'm in the same boat. I'm yeah. sitting at the kitchen table looking at some of the ugliest wallpaper that I was ever put together. <laughs> I'm fixing that when I get home. Yeah. Either that, I'm going to take my desk and move it in. Well, I've got a desk in my bedroom. I'll work in there, one or the other. Let's talk about successes. Success. Um, some milestones you've hit in the last couple of years. JFK. Yeah. Survived. And I see it as, as a success. That's the JFK 50-mile race. Yeah. But I wanted to finish it in under 12 hours, and I did it in 12 hours and 59 seconds. So there's a piece of me that wants to go back. You want me to get you a microphone? No, I'm good. You're good? All right. He's, he's got his own mic. <laughs> That's the DJ. So, JFK 50 miler, but are you going back? One day. Okay. It doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't, well, it doesn't have to be this year. It doesn't have to be next year. It could be one day. It could be 10 years from now. I love it. No judgment. No. No expectations. Yeah. No. What about, um, how'd your half marathons come around? My halves this year have been doing pretty good. I was really looking forward to, um, well, the one I really look forward to every year is the uh, Harpers Ferry half. Why is that? It is a great race with uh, a lot of the groups I love to run with mm -hmm. because Hurt shows up, mm -hmm. uh, Rosen Bras, of course, mm -hmm. um, SVR shows up. Man, everybody's there. So, so basically it's a, and you have runners that come pretty much from all over to do that race. So that that is my How many times you run that race? God only knows. I want to say I might have missed it a year. It might you, be one year that I missed it in the last six or seven years. Do you race it or just run it? I would say the first year I ran it, I raced it. Mm-hmm. After that, I just try to survive. Last year was just a matter of just showing up to survive because I was I thought I may have had Lyme's disease from going to uh, to Richmond and picking up a tick. Right. So the fatigue so, that you felt, uh -huh. assuming it was Lyme disease, was that just from overtraining? Possibly from overtraining because I put a lot of mileage in last year. How many miles did you run last year? Two daggone many. Come on, uh, give me a number, was, bro. You got to be close. You got to know. If you're looking at ran, ran, I don't think it broke. Maybe 1,900. If you're looking at all the activity, all the running, hiking, all the other stuff, it was over probably four, about 4,000. 4,000 miles. Yeah. Of every, if you look at all the training yeah. that went into it, but if you look at just like straight sure. running, straight running, maybe been 18. 
That sounds freaking crazy, Bacon. And I think that's part of why I've had a crappy year this year. That's weird, right? Yeah. You'll see. You'll see. We've been Jenny and I've been watching uh, videos of running and stuff like that, and um, we actually watched one of the Barkley. Ah. Uh. And um, this guy almost won the Barkley, or or whatever. It's always almost. Yeah. It took him seven months to come back. He didn't race at all, and he hardly trained because it took him seven months to get his body back. Well, this to recover year... from a hundred and twenty mile race. Oh my god. Well, this year's been. Um, I'd say a lot of just getting out there and seeing different things. Cause I went to New York and did some, did some practice running there. Um, went down to New Orleans, um, had success in the 5k, had a miserable marathon. Mm-hmm. Well, the back half of the marathon was miserable, but the front half was good. Front was good. Back was miserable. So maybe this COVID-19 is letting you, uh, recover a bit. Yes and no, because at the same time I'm recovering. Um, I'm not getting that exposure with the people with, uh, right. uh, because yeah, if you ask me, was there just a little too much hugging and closeness over at the, uh, over at Seneca? I think maybe there was, like, you know, <laughs> because the week before I'm foot tapping the week before, but once you get out there and you're like, which, which you do know that, uh, part of the plan for if we ever do Seneca again is to actually put together a DNF team. A team that goes out just to get to the half mile to the halfway point. Have vehicles waiting for us. Okay. Yes. Yes. That is that. And come and we party early. Or, why don't we start there? We all cross the line, then go get in our cars, drive to the halfway, and do the last half. No, that that's that's not how you DNF. Okay. No, that's not how you DNF. I'm just. That's called a. That's stolen valor. That's called a. I ain't, I'm not stealing nothing. I'm just like, you can keep your damn T-shirt. I'll, I'll tell you how bad I don't need their T-shirt. I, I've registered two years in a row when I haven't showed up yet. My bad. There's a, a party I have to go to that just takes a higher priority, unfortunately. Well, yeah. Well, well family fun is family fun. No doubt. So, well, Bacon, let's – um. so you're in a recovery year. A whole year of recovery probably. Definitely a recovery year. There are some things I like to do on the back end of this year. Um I am signed up for Marine Corps again this year, so that is uh the fifty K. Yeah. Uh I'm signed up for Virginia Beach. Okay. I'm signed up for Miners Lady. Miners Lady, I really would love to do Miners Lady this year and get my fifth loop. Because I've done that two years now. The first year I got four loops, it's last year I got three. I really want that fourth. I want that fifth loop. Right. How are you gonna How are you gonna approach it differently? Uh, more mobility because my abductors always give out. Um, better fueling. Your abductors or adductors? The the, the 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 stretchy part inside of my leg. That's adductors. Okay, adductors. Yeah. Okay, I get it. That okay. yeah. Right. Do they give out due to dehydration? I would say it's to dehydration. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year I think there was a little too much. Uh, like a uh, beer in the tent the night before. <laughs> That's uh, fair. So that didn't that didn't help. Even though I made sure I left half of the half of the beer at uh, Two River Treads, so I wouldn't use it. I, when I picked up my bib, I dropped beer off there, so I'd, there'd be beer afterwards. Afterwards, or one day. Nice man. So fifth loop. What else? Uh any Ragnars on the? Oh wait a minute! There is yes, a, we you, do yeah, have a Ragnar. You're the, I'm captain. the captain. Yeah, you're the, I'm captain the captain of the captain's team. Yes, hmm. I'm the captain of the captain's team. So what yep. inspired that nonsense? What inspired that nonsense? 
was trying to put together the best team ever. A team of captains. <laughs> a team where everyone knows the importance of Ragnar. At the best Ragnar that there is, West Virginia. And you've never captained a Ragnar team. Never have I captained a Ragnar team. So you, you, you just outsourced managerial mercenaries. Exactly. The best of the best of the best of the best. When do you think we're going to become a problem for you? Day one, you were a problem. <laughs> you were the biggest problem. I was not. I, I, I've, I just go with the flow now. I figured the easy ones would be Jenny, Jack, Bill, Tom, Melissa. Yeah, the only problem I, ever, I saw were you and Jamie. That's it. Jamie's not a problem. I, and I'm, She's I'm got only... a lot of energy. She's got a lot of energy. Yeah, maybe. So anyways, um, we're covering 124 miles. Yeah. Eight, eight of us. Yes. All captains. All captains. And a junior captain. We don't know who's in charge. I'm in charge. You're in charge. I'm the captain. I don't know. I'm the captain. I think I think who the captain is changes quite often on that team. Well, I mean, the other thing is you don't even know what you're doing. Not really. No, At this point, so, everything is just up in the air. Like, where are we going to camp? How many tents are we going to bring? Is this catered or are we bringing our own food? Is Jack making quesadillas? Because they're good. Is Bill going to train? Bill's not running at all right now. Well, no, Bill's actually getting out doing some stuff. He was actually out doing some trail. With hiking sticks. Yeah, good I'm job. Not, I mean, I know Bill's not going to listen to this, so I can talk smack. But <laughs> he's out there. Okay. He's motivated this year. He's getting ready for uh, Marine Corps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he'll, he'll be ready. Yeah. That's fine. Anyways. So anything else big? What's crazy is that all these... These races we've had scheduled in the spring are getting pushed over to the fall, which is going to make I know my October, my September, October, I think is six straight weeks of races. Just race after race after race. Texas, Atlanta, Richmond. So you're just going to um, be Nova and Trans Vermont. Yeah, man. I'm. Okay. I've got a rough six to seven weeks. It's and some of them are multi-day, like five-day travel Ragnars. Right. It's gonna be a rough one. So they're gonna cram. It's gonna cram all up into one big awesome racing season. Like me last year. That was your whole year, though. Yeah, my last year was just every. I have like some events where I had like, oh, a Ragnar and a marathon in the same weekend. Um, five Ks and and marathons and five Ks and halves aren't that bad. Are you racing anybody? The only. Are you still that chasing? I'm I'm still chasing Jenny Brackens, mm -hmm. and she's just getting better. Yeah, just getting faster. It's just amazing. Getting more amazing. So I may have to give up that chase. Either that I was chasing to, her at one point too. I'm gonna have to train harder. Well, dude, you have smarter. Jenny's very, very, very capable and really training like a badass right now, and that's gonna be hard to catch. But what's crazy is that the engine you've got set up, if you did regular weight training mm. and mobility. Yes. You probably could match her. And I think she knows that, but you have to do all the non-sexy training things. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. And then, you know, you know, they always say every minute you're not training, your competition is. 
Yeah, she's out on the mountain right now. Yeah. Crushing course. I'm sleeping at like 7.30, I know, waking right? up. I, th I think the most challenging thing that I've done so far today was vacuuming my floor. That I was it. I think you had a chance of beating her at Christmas, didn't you? I held on to her for the better part of a mile, and I passed her for the better part of a quarter mile. And I said, I think I'll live instead. I wanted to live. <laughs> but on that was a day or two after some big race, wasn't it? That was... Or that was two weeks after JFK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that that's a good that's a good out. But yeah. I always root for you and Jenny because I like racing, and I like seeing races happen. And I like getting people's heads. I like to pump up Jenny, and I like to talk smack to you. So it's like, you know, I have to be on team Jenny, of course. But I do like seeing her get pushed. And when people around her are threatening or knocking on the door, yeah. you really see incredible, incredible turnout from what well, she does. I understand this. I'm on team Jenny, too. I, I love seeing Jenny Brackens run. Mm -hmm. I love seeing Jenny Brackens just crush the, like, the worst part is not being there to see her cross the finish line. That's why I really I want to race to see. Right. I want to see. I want to run hard so I can get there and see Jenny come across the finish line. Wow! Because I've never seen it yet. Right. You want to start a fire? Um, no, I was actually in the yard. Oh, okay. Um, Help. Start a fire. It, there's cardboard out there, and kindling. Go start a fire, bro. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel like I advertised we had a fire and then. No we changed fire. our mind. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And now, luckily, I'm, now I'm regretting it. <laughs> not, luckily, I brought my own fire. I'm freezing. Other people coming? I don't know. I'm going to try fire. I need a lighter. All right. So. Can you be trusted with fire? Totally. Especially okay. with these kind of winds, too. It's going to be a nice fire. Oh, my goodness. Um, all right, so look, man. Yeah. Here, here's some tough questions. Okay, give me some tough questions. If Kevin and Jenny moved away and you were the figurehead of Bros and Bras... What are some things you would do either differently or you would do to improve upon it or just to expand it? What, what would be some of you? And, and don't give me any like candy coated, oh, well, you guys, blah, 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 bullshit. I want, like, what would you do, man? How would you take it in a direction? A new direction for bros and bras. I don't know if there really needs to be a quote-unquote new direction. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be it, – it, it kind of evolves on its own. There's, some, there's a, I'd say, a degree of spontaneity. Right. So basically it'd be, it'd be spontaneous. I don't want to say we'd always work off the fly, work off the cuff, because that, after a while that gets sloppy. But I would have to say – Assuming the foundation is there, just like it is right now, and then Jenny – you find out Jenny and I are moving in two months, and that's just the deal – and right now we have approximately 24 to 26 monthly volunteer events. It's insane. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. Right. It might be maybe it's 22, but there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. The Ragnar programming is in place already. Right. Um, we we're at critical mass. We're not seeing a ton of growth. There's a few new people popping up here and there, but we're at a, we're at a regular growth rate of about. Two to three percent a year. It's not big like it was back in the beginning. Right, right. And people, you know, phase out and phase in. But what do you have any vision for Bros and Bros? My vision is just get the name out there. Just keep putting the name out there. And how would and you do? How would you people. do that? Well, me, I do it by wearing a shirt that has Bros and Bros on the back of it almost every place they go. I did figure out part of my problem from last year was overworking my right side dragging a flag every doggone time 
<laughs> dragging the flag out there. So I would say just basically get just keep the name out there, keep it in social media. Um, keep inviting people, keep adding days, just making sure that something that people have a way to stay engaged and mobile and keep moving any day, anytime they want to. Well, see, we used to have that website. Mm-hmm. Which the website came down, and now we host the calendar under my new website. Right, but the um, all it costs money. Yeah. Flat yeah. out, it just it costs money, and my finances were directed in a different direction. And right. when the nonprofit closed, it just turned into a autopilot scenario. But right. now there's new life being breathed into it with new members coming out, and mm-hmm. you and Jack and. Everybody else I could name who are leaders in this group mm-hmm. and how they step up, but if I mean we have access to Ben who owns BLT's WV.com, which is a t-shirt company, he can make more gear for us, but we're not utilizing it at all. And if we don't, I feel like if we don't utilize it more, right, we're gonna lose those special privileges because what he how the way he does a dead dead drop over it. TRT is very, very unique and a very cool system. Oh. But I feel like people either the energy back back when I had a t-shirt shop or back when we had the clubhouse, there was a different energy in getting your gear and getting your shirts. Mm-hmm. It was all still so new. Now people, I still have all my shirts, but I don't work out in them as much. But people wear through them and they mm-hmm. wear out and they get thrown away or whatever the case is. So people, but people aren't really renewing for any reason. So it's hard to it's hard to push that out unless like the idea mm-hmm. I've had is let's pick up three sponsors. Before you join Bros and Bras, the very first T shirts we, we gave away mm-hmm. it was if you came to five events you got a T shirt. Right. Ooh, that's cool. Okay. Right? Yeah. And and it had the bros and bras on the front and it had the bros and bras in the back, but down at the bottom it said sponsored by B uh. Vintage, Swolmates, and Bracken's Painting. So we had three companies come together and throw in like seventy five bucks each. Mm-hmm. So then we had $225 and we bought as many t-shirts as we could with a front and back and we put their logos on the bottom. All right. Which is a really cool idea because then you um, you can give shirts away. Right. But there's not really any new people. And that's the biggie right there because I have the gear but I need more gear. So I'd actually, I actually need to take advantage of that too because I have a ton of shirts that I, that I need to get done, need to get properly tagged. And then also, I'd like to see what other options he has out there for stuff. But also, I need gear that's embroidered. Nah. I need embroidery. Yeah. I know embroidery is expensive, man. Yes, it is. People usually don't want to spend that. We were looking at making a board of directors um, embroidered shirt. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about that? I did not. It was me and Chris and anybody else who's retired from racing. Retired? Chris, bro Jangles. Retired? Yeah, like I, I'm retired from most races. You retire monthly yeah well if i'm wearing this shirt it means i'm definitely not racing but it's 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 in the say like board of directors on it uh-huh. it'll have the bros and bras embroidered and then yeah. our name yeah and I'm... it's because it's a collared shirt like a polo right right you can't run in it well well bro jangles is actually coming back in the game but if he, he's, we, he's if we had game. made it to south carolina mm-hmm. we were definitely not running that race but we were oh, going to okay. go there to party just like how we did in vegas we didn't mm-hmm. race we partied and it allows a kind of a celebratory pit crew to travel with the racers. And that that pit crew was really great because we had that, we had pit crew when we did uh did the Highbridge Ultra, 
and pit crew made that. Who, awesome. who was the pit crew there? Uh, Jamie was there as pit crew. Nice. And um, Joe Runner's wife was there also as pit crew, and they kept us moving. They kept us going. Nice. And uh, and kept us up and running. So. Well, I like the idea of people who aren't racing. Mm-hmm. They could wear this matching polo. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's just it's formal gear. It's it, it's corporate gear, I guess. What it would be. But yes, that's one way we can get the word out more. What's another thing that we could do better? Especially if Kevin and Jenny weren't at the helm. If Kevin and Jenny weren't at the helm, I'm gonna say. Are there are there new runs, new locations, new volunteers? Well, that's the thing. We we just kind of throw ideas out there and we just do whatever happens. That's just like when Jack said, "Hey, bacon can't swim, but we need to do a triathlon." So that was one thing that we did that I did last year was I actually did uh we had a triathlon team. That's right. Yeah, we had and I was the uh, the runner who got lost and Jack was the uh, was on the bike, scooter actually swam. And then we came back and actually did brunch. Right. That was a good day. Yeah. Okay. So give me two things that Bros and Bras is doing awesome. I would say things that are awesome. Um I want to say making people feel welcome. There is nothing when you show up to an event. Uh, if you're a new person and you just want to walk, there's always one of us that's going to walk with you. There's always somebody who's going to go ahead and and on a Thursday night that was uh I want to say kind of driven home because we we're doing the Thursday night run uh which was our first unofficial hash. We lost Angie out there somewhere, so basically there were a bunch of us running all over town trying to figure out where Angie was because Angie wasn't with the group. So that's another reason why you will not see, in most cases, we don't leave anyone by themselves yeah. during a run. So I think I think basically being inclusive, basically yeah. making sure that everyone feels welcome when they show up, uh, whether they want to run, whether they want to walk. Basically, if we get a fast runner, we get someone who, who tries to hang out with them if they can. Yeah. Luckily, we have Amber. Right. Yeah. I used to do it once in a while. Tom can move pretty good. Yeah, the going back and getting people, that's something that you've been doing all since the Army days, or the Navy days. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit back in the Army, and um, we actually started that on the very first workout of Bros and Bras, uh, which was a Saturday, freezing cold. We'd finish, mm-hmm. and then we'd run back out to get whoever else was back there and then bring them in. And we would do that actually during the training runs, which was mm-hmm. really epic. And that really... The thing, though, is running is a selfish sport. It's an individual sport. It's not really Mm -hmm. a team sport. So I love that you guys, you and Jack and others, will fall back and hang with slower runners. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of times, some of our runs are actual training events that we want to get out there and train. Oh, yeah. And we got to go fast or slow or do whatever we want to do. Yeah. So it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. I guess final question, Bacon. How has your life improved since – oh, I got two final questions. So two. the first of the two is how has your life improved since being a part of Bros and Bros? I want to say that as I say, I'm an introvert. It's pulled me out of my shell a little bit more. It's actually given me a little more uh, confidence to do uh, different events, different things. And I want to say that really what I've had the the motivation to do the training that it took to do – um, the Blue Ridge Double, because uh, I've run that race as a, as a uh, a marathon. Describe that race for a second. Oh, it, it is described as America's toughest road race. 
And basically, you go down to Roanoke, you start off downtown, you run up to the top of Mount Roanoke, you run down, you run up to the top of Mills Mountain, you run down, then you run out through um, one of the suburbs. It has quite a bit of elevation. And then you run back downtown and you party. It is, it's a great event. Um, How many miles? It, it's 26 if you do it as a single. Um, and you have the opportunity to do it as a double and get 52.4, which I actually did it on my 50. I was actually 52 years old and four months old when I did 52.4. Shut up. Yeah, that was the thing wow. to do. It was the thing to do. You were born to do that. I was born to do that. Get out of here. Yes, That's I was. That's really cool. Yeah. So, and I plan on, but the plan was to actually do it, uh, do it the double on the even years and do the marathon on the odd years. And I plan on doing that until I can't run anymore. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, final question. Yes. The real final question. Final, final. What would you tell somebody who was too, who was nervous to come out to bros or was intimidated by the size of the group or how cohesive we already are? What would you say to somebody who wasn't sure if they, if it was, if it was for them? Well, I would say, um, just come out and hang out. That's just like my, uh, you've met Dave, Dave Church. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I invite Dave Church to come out and give it a try. And as you he's see, he's a quiet Dave dude. Is, <laughs> he's amazing. You see that motorcycle he rides? He's got two motorcycles. That's a badass. Yes. This is it. Is it a 650? I don't even know what that thing is. Yeah. But it's, he's, I didn't know it was him. I saw this motorcycle rolling up on uh, Thursday. Uh huh. And he's looking at me hard, and I was like, sup? Kind of gave him that uh-huh. that nod, that little uh-huh. power stiff, like yeah, what's yeah. up? And he uh, he he did this, he does nod at me. I was like, all right, that's cool. And then he comes back around and he uh-huh. rolls right up on me, and I'm like, I might have a problem. <laughs> this I didn't realize I was sending my power sniff was too strong. I wasn't realizing that. Uh-huh. And he took his helmet off. It was him. I'm like, yeah. oh shit, dude. Because oh, yeah. he doesn't to me doesn't seem like the type that. He rides a bike like that. He it's is a very, very nice crotch rocket. He's a wild. He's a wild card. He, he's one of the greatest people you ever meet. He's a hugger. So this has got this whole situation we're in right, right now in life has to suck for him because he is very uh, outgoing. He's very uh, people oriented, and he's a he's a hugger. And uh, he's he's dealt with some hard things in the last few years. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh, he keeps pushing forward. And I, I I love that about him. He's dude, I dude. love having him in the group. I, oh yeah. That uh, he. He's challenging because he's so quiet. Oh, yes. And he really keeps to himself. Oh, yeah. And every once in a while, he has some sort of comment that's hilarious. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I really, really like having him around. Oh, yeah. Um, so so what else would you tell somebody who was nervous about coming out? Just come out. Just meet us. Just like if you want to, uh, you can come out to walk. You can come out to be social. Uh, just for, people... an, for an introvert, though. Well, here's what I'll tell you. When I see people... At an event, which I will often see people who say, nice shirt, bros and bras, what's that? Because either they uh, either they see me at the front of the race and they're like, oh, okay, runner. By the end of the race, I've left them with a different impression. Either if, if I passed them or if, if they passed me, um, I tend to leave an impression, whether positive or negative, with runners, I do. And most people come up to me after an event and say, um, that shirt got me through it. What is bros? What is bros and bras? And I will tell them, 
We are 75% fitness, 75% social. <laughs> yeah, that's so old. That, that, is, a, that is so old. That, that and is we a, don't do math. God, that's man. exactly, yes, I tell them that every time. I was like, yeah, bro, that's, that's, that was me being, when we first came up with this nonsense idea, Yes. it was me just being a, a clown, and it's really stuck for yes, some reason. Yes. And then people are like, you guys yeah. are stupid. That's 150%. You can't have. I say, but, yeah. <laughs> I say, we don't do math. That's exactly what I tell them. I say, we do not do math. But we, uh, but we're here to basically. We don't have to be the fastest. We I like how I like how our shirt logo is so big on the back that people can use it as a target, and the name is unique enough that you're like, ah, uh-huh. I'm gonna stay with that, the black shirt, white letters. I'm gonna stay with yeah. that bros and bra. What 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 is that? And maybe it gives somebody a little bit of distraction, to get away from the challenges they're having when they're running. But that mm-hmm. that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Is there anything we missed? Well, well, you didn't ask me. Any I questions. will tell. I will tell you this. I, I've. It was uh, my second Marine Corps marathon. There was a lady who came up behind me and said, "I know Kevin." Yeah, really? So, yeah. Basically, she ran track with you. That was Maria from yes, New yes, York it City. Was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a very good runner. Yeah. And that's crazy how the logo travels like that. Yes. So we should. We should send her a shirt. Even though she's never been to a bro event, the fact that she recognized us. And yeah. a huge race like that is just really awesome. Well, yeah. You know, I think it would be a great idea since we have a t-shirt guy in our pocket, even though we're not using him, Bacon. Speaking of which, I'm going to call him out again. I know he's not listening either, but um, he is supposed to, I have commissioned him to design a new hoodie. Oh, really? Uh, a 2.0, wicked, incredible, super heavyweight lounge hoodie for bros and bras. Might be into it. Um. It's going to have uh, Velcro all around it, so okay. you can put your race patches on and take them off. You'll be able to, I, in my mind. Have, have you, you seen my robe lately? Yes, I have, dude. That's incredible. Yeah. I'm working on it. We'll have a um, a Ragnar side where mm-hmm. you can put the, the state you're in or which one you did. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Down the sleeve. That's that's my goal. Right. Um, We're pricing it out, and it's going to be... My my specs are expensive, but hey, I'm this is board. this is the primary cut. I'm right? on board. So that's being developed. The um, but you know what would be neat is if we could talk him into having person specific the Bro Jangles T-shirt. Oh, that'd be nice. Where it has Bros and Bras on the front and the back, but then on the front it's like the beginning of the catchphrase, and on the back it's the finish of the catchphrase. In other words. You can actually buy the Jangles mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah, the Jangles line and the bacon line. The brochal. Yeah, the brochal line. And the yes. brochal line, would, I would insist on it being the picture of him when he was young, wearing oh, yeah, the yeah, jeans, yeah. leaning. He's like, I'm just a walker. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. <laughs> I got it. So, um, and I know that Ben would be willing to work with us on stuff like that, but I, I we have to show him love. we got to oh, actually yeah. buy his stuff first. Oh, yeah. So. Well, I'll be at, I know I've got to uh, drop some shirts off. Oh, wait, I got it. Oh, you're fine. Okay. Yeah. So, all right, man. Did Uh, we miss anything? I think we got everything. I think we're good. Well, what we didn't get, who knows? There's always summer. Don't worry. It's just, it's it's the top end. Yeah. We're good. What was that? Did anybody else just hear Chris Baker blow his nose from 100 feet away? Because I know I did. Lord knows. Um, all right, bro. Well, you missed the opportunity to ask me a bunch of questions, and that's fine. Well, here's the thing about it, Kevin. I can always ask you questions. That's true. You're always there. Well, look, man. Thanks for being a leader in Bros and Bros. Hey. You're a leader. You're an influencer. And what I say by influencer is 
the things you post online about being active and encouraging people to get out there and stuff like that, or where you're running and who you're running with and what workout you're doing. I see pictures of you doing deadlift. That's a big deal. You're doing the yoga. That's a big deal because we know you are going to become a more incredible runner. But that inspires people and it keeps people motivated to go out and do work themselves. Well, the thing about it is it's, as I think I've told you, there are people who they'll say, hey, there's no way I can run like five. I can run 50 feet. Talk about run like, you know, five miles or run 50 miles. And right. I say it's not about running. It's about just being active. It's about just moving. It's a journey. Yeah. It comes It comes in. Just getting there. That... You, have, you have good days and bad days. You have good weeks. Oh, yeah. You have good months and you have a bad couple of days. Like right now, I'm in some bad days because I've got very, very strange out of routine tightness that I'm I'm not sure how to work out yet. Yep. You know? And I'm I'm also going through a little bit of depression. Right. Because I've been training for a significant race series, some of which they're canceling and some of which they're shifting with the whole Ragnar Immortal thing. Oh, yeah. So like my Richmond and my Atlanta got shifted to the fall. Right. My Southern California got canceled. Right. So, like, I'm, I currently don't have much to train for. And if I do continue training hard and they cancel their race, it affects where I peak, you know? Right. I've already got stuff that's, uh, I want to say there was a 5K I was supposed to do either this week or next week that's been pushed to, I want to say Miners, not Miners League. It's been pushed to uh, Harper's Ferry Half Weekend. It's the worst. So, yeah. so I've already got stuff that's bunching up. In, in the near future. If, you, if you're able to, you should give that uh, registration to somebody who oh, yeah. could use it. Yep. Yeah. All right, bud. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate you coming and talking about your experience in Bros and Bras and getting to know a little bit about your background. All right. I'm really stoked about that. Um, encourage others to come on because I think whenever we hear conversations about how people actually see bros as mm-hmm. a as a group and what they what it's done for them, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, I feel like it, it really warms my heart to hear you know well for me it is that if you have an idea and you said well i'd like to do this but how do i do it in this group you can always find someone who can give you pointers or help you train or help you get where you want to be yeah and this is a volunteer run event what that means is bacon's kind of in charge but not really in charge can anybody else hear this damn train perfect hear the train yeah perfect perfect timing train um it's a volunteer run <laughs> event. And uh, so Bacon runs like one of the days and he's kind of in charge, but not really in charge. He's like the point of contact. Yep. And Jack does the same thing. And then Sandy and his Sandy and all the grandmas, they're doing the Jefferson activities group. And God even knows what they're doing. Cause they're, they don't care about social distancing. They're hanging out and hugging on each other and walking together. And they don't even care about the rules. No, no, I got a bubble. Yeah, exactly. I got bubbles. I got to keep a bubble. So, like, if somebody wants to do a hill training thing for six weeks, the, the group can actually put it together for you. We can just put it on the calendar and say, hey, go out there and be the point of contact. All right, Pagan. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, thank you, Burl. Take care. All right. The intro and background music you're hearing today on the podcast is produced and written and performed by Peter Clark from his album Peter Clark After Dark. This song is actually called Finely Tanned Beer Guts. I used to have a beer cut. Sometimes it was tan. I don't know if it was finely tanned. It was definitely a hairy kind of tanned beer gut. But I don't really know much about why this song is named this or where he drew his inspiration. But you can hear the full song on Peter Clark After Dark, which you can search on SoundCloud. 